Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Elon Twig, the co-founder and CTO at TripActions, and we discuss the challenge and scaling culture during hypergrowth, how he uses methods from the Israeli Air Force to strengthen his team, and why those that can scale themselves earn a seat at the table. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. All right. Hey, buddy. Hey. How is it going, Joel? Fantastic. Oh, look at that green background. It's beautiful. It was not even planned. It was completely by accident. (laughs) I love it. Are you in your office? Yes. It's actually a really exciting week for us because it's the first time that we're doing this global uh, offsite. So we actually flew in people, like 550 employees from all over the world to join us here in Palo Alto. And uh, it's a super exciting event. It's, uh, it's gonna start tomorrow, but people already started to flood the place and we built huge tents outside in a parking lot. And it's like a huge operation, very exciting. And that must have been pretty complicated to get everybody there. You don't know any good trip companies, do you? Exactly. Travel <laughs> exactly. So, yes, at least that we got some advantage on this one, yeah. Did you actually use your platform to get your people there? Well, of course, of, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. We actually, we also have a team that is dedicated for um, meetings and events. And it's to take care of these things where you need to fly 50 people, 200 people, or even, you know, 1,500 uh, block places in hotels and take care of like these uh, these events. So we actually use the use that. Now is that becoming more popular because a lot of companies are remote and then they get together for their annual events? Yeah, it's becoming really popular. You know, WeWork uh, is a customer and they have huge events twice a year with like thousands of people flying all over the the world and it's uh it's amazing. I mean, uh, you know, face to face is a uh, is po- a powerful thing. <laughs> So what, what's the event going to be like? What are you doing at the event? So we have a, so let's, it's, so we have Wednesday and Thursday. We actually have like full agenda. Um, the whole goal of this event was just so that we get to know each other because um, there is probably, we are 800 employees in the company and there is probably 150 that have been here for about a year. Uh, so the rest are, pretty new um, and the pace of hiring is accelerating. So really the majority of the employees joined in the last six months or less. So we don't know and no one knows anyone. So the goal is to really make it a social event, uh, spend time together. We, we actually branded the event, we call it uh, Reconnect. And, um, and we're going to have, uh, it's going to be a combination of like, you know, uh, fun events where we split into groups and we, we kind of like interact together and there is like some competitions and um, so between these kind of things um, as well as you know we're going to have a fireside uh, you know chat with uh, Di Costello which is a really close friend of ours uh, of Trip Actions we're going to, to talk to him in front of everybody we built huge tents outside in the parking lot uh, maybe I can, you know, show you later, but it's like huge. You can host like, you know, a thousand people in one place. It's insane. I'll uh, send you my number. You can text me after the show. I'll do show that. Tense are. Yeah, I'm really curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very so you guys, exciting. 
So you have all your people there, you're getting to know each other, you're reconnecting. Where are you growing a lot? Are you growing in engineering across the board? It's pretty much across the board. Um, we are at this point, we are onboarding, uh, I would say, 50 to 70 new employees every month. Uh, that's the, the pace and it's, it's growing. Um, and it's uh, globally and across many departments. Just in engineering, I'm going to grow the team from, we started the year with around 40 to 150 by the end of the year, globally across three different locations. And then next year, um, we'll probably get to, to, I don't know, three to 400. I, I, you know, it's, uh, that's kind yeah, of what's happening. How are you dealing with that massive influx? Like what type of problems do you experience? <laughs> so I can tell you, think about it. I, the organization, let's say a year ago, we were 150 employees. We hired, we didn't hire much. Uh, and then before you know it, you know, uh, there is like 20 people showing up. And you're standing there clueless. Okay, now what? Like, you know, it used to be, hey, Joe, you work with this guy and I work with that guy. And uh, oh, there's another one. Who are you? Okay, cool. So let me work with you as well. And into, you need to kind of like, before you even know it, you need to build a machine. Um, and so in the engineering, at least, it started just like four months ago that we realized how uh, fast this thing is and how, you know, we're not prepared. And it cannot uh, continue to be like this uh, ongoing improvisation kind of like uh, uh, approach. And, uh, and now we have a machine. And, and I think this machine can handle like, let's say 15 a month, but um, it will break when it comes to 30, 40. But it's like an ever-changing, you know, uh, process. We don't have a status quo. I think that's, that's the problem here. There's no status quo. If you think you have a status quo, you're behind. That's kind of like the reality. So it's a red flag. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm about to fail. So, yeah. So you, you built a, like a people ops team to help onboard and get these people in? And... Yeah. So we actually, so first, I, I, one of the engineers um, that have been with us from the beginning, he really wanted to be more of like a project manager. And his skills are really, really good for that. So he became like a technical project manager. His first assignment was figure onboarding, figure it out. So he was the owner and he um, uh, put a process together where it started with us, the engineers, uh, coming up with topics and uh, that we think that all new hires have to go through. So, you know, one thing led to another. We now have a... Um, good morning, Christine. We have now a... Um, good morning, Christine. <laughs> he, he says good morning to you. <laughs> um, so now we have like, we call it like the Trip Actions Engineering University. It's a full day. Um, we have, you know, different speakers. We have some assignments um, and um, what, we do it once a month. And it's for all new hires around engineering globally. So they all come to Palo Alto to go through this, uh, this uh, day. We pair it with the two other days of Trip Actions. So it's like a three days university where you learn about Trip Actions, you get onboarded to the systems, then you have all the engineering stuff, the engineering systems, the GitHub, the Jira, and all of these things, how we work, uh, walking through the code base, having a lot of engineers walking you, talking to you about how we build software here, processes, uh, overview of the code. Um, so yeah, people from HR, IT, engineering are involved in this uh, process. It's, it's a machine. 
it really became a machine. And, and I can tell you that it will break in two months, three months it will break and we will need to reinvent it. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes. Because the next thing that's going to happen is as you get these teams working solid on the product and they get into that groove and they've been there for like a year or so, they're going to start wondering, well, like, where's my career trajectory and how does exactly. that work? And they're going to ask those questions and then you're going to be like, oh, we got to answer those. How do we keep people around by showing them a future? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing and a, and a bad thing, but I guess it's a good thing. It's, uh, there is no status quo. Uh, this is the reality interactions. There's, uh, and by there's the way, new the there's, there's new problems. problems. Yeah. Yeah. There's new problems every day. Um, yeah. Dealing with scale is very, very challenging. And dealing with a constant scale, we've been experiencing this scale for uh, three years now. Um, so the business is growing really, really fast and the company is growing really fast. And um, yeah, you know, 50 to 70 new hires a month is, is a lot. It puts a ton of stress on a really young organization. We are four years old. That's it. Uh, it puts a lot of stress uh, on, on all functions across the board, on all managers, on all levels, because you hire a person to be of a certain level. And before you know it, they, they are struggling because it's a stretch. And, and then at some point, you, you know, it just doesn't work anymore. And then you need to hire someone for the level above. Uh, I just uh, hired just now a VP of engineering and two director of, uh, directors of engineering. The first time that I'm introducing hierarchy in the organization. And they just joined last Monday. And the VP of engineering that, that I hired uh, managed groups of 500 uh, engineers in the past. And obviously right now, when, when I started the process with him, we were 40. And he was like, why do I need to even talk to you? And I told him, you need to, it's difficult. I, you know, open your mind, create some space for imagination and bear with me. Let me describe, describe to you what's happening here. I know it's difficult to imagine it, but, and then, you know, it was, a, a, it took me six months to, to find someone and it took me three months to, to close the process with the, this guy. Uh... He's super fired up. He joined uh, just his first few days going through a lot of learnings and uh, and now we are close to 100 and I actually think we will be more than 150 by the end of the year much faster than what I even uh, described to him by the end of next year we will get to his capacity so you know it's it's interesting it is no we just we just did the same thing we just found somebody that took a company from 1 million to 40 million right because we're at around the 1 million mark wow. and we, we convinced them like, come over here and do it again. Yeah. You know, right. You just did it. It took you three years to do it. Come do it with us. And he's like all about it. You know, we, it took like three or four months of building the relationship, you know, yeah, letting them see exactly. exactly what they're doing, get feel good about it. But once they got into it and now they're telling me why it's going to be so great. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> exactly. Here we go. Yeah, now we've exactly. Got so it's going. the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. It's a, but it does require some, like a leap of faith because uh, they, they, they come here and they don't see a big organization and you don't even see managers. Like what, what do you expect me to do? And I'm telling them, you know, I hire you for 18 months from today and it's going to get really quickly. Uh, so yeah. And, and in fact, it's, it's a good opportunity to get to know the team, get to know the code if you want to, get to know, get your hands dirty if you want to. And normally you don't have this opportunity. So now as we grow into your uh, capacity, take the time, meet everyone one-on-ones, you know, uh, join meetings, uh, 
uh, educate yourself. So I actually think that, that there is some merits in, uh, in this chaotic, insane environment. There is some merits of hiring for the future. Yeah, well, it allows people to raise their level of influence and learn how to become valuable to the organization. Right. And there's so much opportunity for individual ownership and for them to just come in there and really get to exercise without all the red tape. And then the, your, the best people will rise up, right? Exactly. That's yeah. how, we, that's how we, we really value that. And, and that's why we don't really, you know, it's the first time that I'm introducing some notion of hierarchy, like director and VP, but uh, the way it works here, it's, it's really, it's all about the essence. And so we, you know, people that we have really young, you know, our, our executive staff, we have maybe 20 people around the room, maybe 15 to 20 in the executive staff. Uh, half of them are less than 30 years old. Yeah. It's just those early comers that managed to scale themselves up. Now, will that change? Could be, maybe even probably. But uh, right now, this is where we are. And those that managed to scale themselves up are sitting there around the table. No one cares that they are young or old or this or that. It's just about the essence. If they have smart things to say and contribute, uh, critical thinking, um, ability to scale themselves to scale themselves up and to reinvent themselves uh, you know the door is open the sky's the limit I love it mm-hmm. I love that energy too we have the benefit of being around that because a lot of the companies that work with us are they growing so fast that people get promoted in the management or leadership and they don't have that experience and that's why we're our company is growing because we do that like re-upskill and the leadership development yeah. but the the coolness of of what I get to see when I talk with, with you, cause you're in it. That's the experience that I get when I'm interacting with the people on the platform that we have, because they're all in that position. And then sometimes I get a, an episode where like, it's a company that's, you know, 50 years old. It's just like, <laughs> Oh, so now that they're bad, it's just like, I can tell there's companies that are 50 years old that have a lot of energy and there's companies that are really boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I like, sure. I like the energy, man. I really love it. Now, how did you how did you get started in technology? Were you were you programming young? Were you interested in technology when you were young? Yeah, it was it's it's a, it's a thing that was just meant to be. So I first, you know, when I I came from a family with not not so much means. So I, I still don't know how my father managed to get me the first computer. When I got older, I, I was convinced myself that he stole it somehow. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll have to ask him. He's, a, he's going to visit me soon. Um, but yeah, when I was uh, in first grade, it was 81. I was seven years old. Uh, my father got me the first computer. He asked me, do you want a computer? I said, what's a computer? And then we went to some relatives in the other side of the country to see a computer. And we saw a computer and said, yes, I want this. Obviously, I was a kid. And um, and yeah, that's how it started. It was a Texas Instruments uh, 99-4A. It was one of the first computers, personal computers. It had no games or anything. And the only thing you could do is code in basic. And uh, that's what I did. I started there. I got obsessed. My first program was uh, 10, print Elon, 20, go to 10, <laughs> run. And it was like, whoa, Elon, Elon, Elon. <laughs> and then yeah, I could do it with a tab. And you could see like, you know, it filled up the entire screen instead of one row. And I started to play with it and I got obsessed. It was an obsession. And, you know, when I was in fourth grade, I got my second computer. It was a Atari 800 XL. And um, this one had more capabilities. It had, it could play some sounds and uh, it could show multiple layers of graphics and stuff like that. Um, it had 64K kilobytes 
memory, and I literally I knew every single byte what its what its role is, and what happens if I poke with it and peek and poke and all of that. I was like, um, it was just a curiosity and obsession that that uh, filled me from the inside. And then when I was in fourth grade, I got this computer. My, my siblings, I have three of them. They really wanted to play Pac-Man. I developed Pac-Man. And oh, they really? started playing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. When I was in fourth grade. I had a lot of, you know, these kind of projects. At some point, they got bored from the game because it had only one screen. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to develop another Pac-Man and another Pac-Man and another Pac-Man. So I developed a screen builder. And I could design multiple screens. And it was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I did a lot of projects, cool projects. Uh, I connected the, the telephone to the to the computer with no modem, mm-hmm. but I managed to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, then I got this uh, Sam. It's the speech synthesizer. Yeah, I could do text to speech. It was like it sounded something like this. It was so funny, and um, we were a gang of like a few a few of us with the Atari 800XL. And my friends were all about games, and I was all about uh, developing stuff. And uh, then we got this software. So what I and I connected it to a computer. So what I did, I developed this software that uh, has a delay, let's say one hour, and then in one hour it calls one of my friends, and then it says uh, in Hebrew it swears them, it tells them <laughs> bad words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the thing is, I timed it. So I, you know, one hour, and then I would go to my friend, and then the computer would call and, and swear and they would be 100% sure that it's the other one, right? Because I was there. So it couldn't have been me. And I tricked them all. And then years later, years, years later, I told them it was me. And they were like, what? But oh. yeah, so it was so, it was so cool back then. Um, yeah, so it was all from like project to project. Um, I think the one of the highlights was uh, at some point I... I discovered that I can connect, that there was some byte in, um, in the memory that could actually control a physical, um, you know, wire connection. So it controlled the, the, the cassette tape that, that was connected to it. You would hit play. It would not do anything until you uh, click enter. So I'm like, okay, there must be some way the, the computer controls it. And I figured out the wiring and uh, the, re- the result of that was obviously it opened the door to a lot of possibilities. I connected pretty much everything electric in my room to the computer with some sensors. And then, you know, my father, when he got into the room, he was like, what the fuck? Everything was <laughs> wired, everything. And I'm like, dad, dad, look, it's so cool. And I went to the, the lamp. I had a standing lamp and I did like, and it lit up. And then I did, and it was like, everything was, uh, was, but he was so not impressed. He's like, don't deal with electricity. You're going to kill yourself. <laughs> so, yes. Right. Uh, I, was, I was 16. I knew nothing about electricity. I just thought it's so cool. Um, yeah, so that's how, that's how it was. Then, you know, the university, uh, it was obvious that I'm going to do computer science, uh, and from there, it was like just a natural progression from a developer. At some point, I became a manager. I was a developer for many years. I had my own company back in 99. I sold it um, with d- doing, you know, uh, mappings, just sim- something pretty similar to um, Google Maps today. Back in 1999, the challenge was how to 
create maps that you can move really fast back then when it was like really slow modem connections um 33 600 or something like that uh, kilobytes per second or something ridiculous like that so i i ended up developing like a vector based mapping maps and it was pretty fast and we ended up selling it um and yeah this is my uh, trip action is my fourth uh, startup um and my passion in computer science, if I had to name one, is actually image and video analysis. Really? I'm, I'm yeah, obsessed about it. This is, I, know, this is, I know some pretty, pretty smart people over in that world. Have really? You, um, yeah, I, I actually have a, ref, a referral. I mean, he just sold his company to Adobe, and I'm not sure how long he's going to go before he starts something else. How long? Okay. But his name is um, Bruno Ator. And okay. Yeah, he, they did this amazing concept of uh, in in real time video, like it would replace the billboard with like a paid ad. Oh, pretty cool. Yeah, and so pretty that cool. you could take that spot and then it's basically applied like a pay per click to it. So based on what viewer was watching it, it would be different for different viewers. It would be real time replacement of advertising. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and he sold it to Adobe. And, wow. Uh, Something like uh, that. Yeah. Very cool. I, I think there is there is a lot to be done with the computer vision, uh, image analysis, video analysis. Um, my brother, which is is four four years younger than me and I, in two thousand and five, we, you know, we we had some time on our hands and we we ended up developing this software, which we ended up selling. It it still uh, it still exists on 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 our website since two thousand and five. And what it does is basically using a simple, you know, a cam a video camera, webcam, I mean, um, it basically tracks the movements of your head and it translates them into mouse movements. So it basically allows people with the disabilities to control the computer. Oh, cool. Uh, back in 2005. And uh, it still exists. It's called iTwig, E-Y-E, Twig. Yeah. Twig is my last name. And uh, it works for, you know, Windows and Mac. Um, and it was a really cool uh, solution. Um, and we, we, I remember we wanted to experiment with it and try it. So we went to the school of uh, kids with disabilities in Tel Aviv. And we, we asked him, hey, would you be interested in experimenting with that? And he said, sure, we, we would embrace everything and anything that would improve the life of the kids. So we, we showed up to the meeting, the experiment. There were two kids, a boy and a girl, uh, 14 years, uh, years old sitting on you know a wheelchair and and they each one had different type of disability but they could only move the head and so they were sitting in front of the, the station the computer stations and my brother started to set up the the environment he hooked the webcam there was no webcams back then so now he hooked the webcam and he loaded the software with a usb drive a thumb drive and i was like talking to the crew because there was a like five six different uh, um, crew members there and i'm like hi my name is ila nice to meet you and they said okay so what do we need to do and i said well you don't really need to do anything and he said what do you mean uh, normally there's like these helmets with micro switches and we need to calibrate it to the pose of the the kids so they can move and i said no 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 it's just with a camera and I'm, I'm starting to explain to them and by the time i'm explaining it to them the the girl started to laugh and we all look at her and she was like uh, searching on google for her favorite um, oh. um, actor or singer and then she went to google images and she saw the pictures and she was like laughing and the the principal of the school was like so shocked that it just works that she said hey i want i want the rest of israel to know about it i'm originally from israel 
uh, is it okay if I'll talk to, to some people that I know? And I said, sure. So that was in the morning. In the evening, we get a phone call from the Good Morning Israel show. And they said, hey, can, you, can we host you guys the next, to, tomorrow morning? And I said, sure. So 5 a.m. I was there and they put, you know, makeup on my face. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And there is the big lights and the, it was a live uh, TV show in front of pretty much uh, all of Israel. It's tiny, but still. And um, yeah, that day when I went to my day job, uh, I arrived at like 11. I was treated like a like a VIP, like a celebrity. I was like, yeah, we saw you this morning. What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> it was pretty cool. That is super exciting. Yeah. And you, help, you were helping people. You were doing what you love. Yeah. And you're still helping people because this trip actions came from a problem that you personally experienced, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So trip actions came, came, I think trip actions is like the sum of all of my experience in life, kind of like, experience with working with people, experience working with managers, experience working with direct reports, experience with technology, experience with passion, experience with challenges. Like this is really the sum of everything. And it all started with uh, my co-founder and I, uh, we used to have a, a company that we started in 2012 and we sold it nine months later. And, uh, and then both of us overnight became road warriors. Um, now we had a two years commitment as part of the acquisition. And we knew that we want to, to start something, uh, a, a different company and to build a real company. Um, the previous one was nine months. Yes, I was a CTO. Yes, he was a CEO, but it was a six people company. We, you know, we didn't really feel like we experienced that. So um, we made a commitment between us that you know, two years later, we're gonna start another, another company. And I knew that the odds are really low. And then, you know, we started to explore different ideas. And, and as we explored, we also experienced the, what corporate travel means. And it was such a bad experience from the way you book the travel. You use really those archaic systems that were designed in the, in the 90s, uh, web only. And then, you know, once finally you have your itinerary, normally you end up talking to an agent to help you with the, with, the, with the booking, to help you book the flight that you couldn't find or that hotel that you couldn't find on the system or the rate is insane, so they help you with that. Finally, when you're on the road, things happen. And when you travel, you know, three times a month, things happen all the time. Oh, I know, and yeah. You know, you travel a lot. And then you're tired, then you're angry, and you don't have any patience, and you're hungry and, and, uh, and something happens, you just want someone to solve your problem. You don't want anything else. You don't want to wait on the line. You don't want to tell them your confirmation number to then be told that they actually that was um, uh, a booking ID and you actually need the whatever. And it's like so annoying. So you go back to your email and you look down below with the, uh, the really small fonts. So is this the booking ID that whatever? And then they, they, they are become really, you know, um, uh, the service that you get is really, really, really uh, not personal and, and very generic and, and uh, you really don't have time for that. So we just thought that there has to be a better way to do it. It just doesn't make any sense. And in the consumer side, things have evolved a lot with, you know, products like Priceline and Expedia. You could actually have a really good experience booking your own flight. You do not need to talk to, to a travel agent why is that? And we started to explore. And 
yeah, and then we, we, we got hooked into this topic. And uh, at some point we said, okay, we think that even just with new UI, it would be nice. But we, as we dove you know, deeper into that, we, we realized that there's actually three components there. There is the booking experience, experience there is the on-the-go and support. And we came up with another, we had another idea um, around savings because we all know that you know, there's, there's company policy. And if the policy says that you can only spend up to 400 bucks per night in a, in a hotel in New York, you will spend a 399. <laughs> you will definitely not spend 200 or 150. And so we just thought about it and, and partially it actually even makes sense because um, when you travel a lot, you want to, to spend the night in a nice place. You want to, you know, to own the experience that you're going to have. You're away from your bed, you're away from your house, you're away from your, you know, kitchen and breakfast and what you're used to. So you want it to be nice. But we thought that, you know, it's a, it could be an individual decision and, and uh, definitely people don't think about uh, the company money as if it was their own money. It's just a natural thing. And so we thought that if there would be a system that uh, could incentivize users to, or at least allow them to make a choice um, and choose something uh, that, would, that would be more affordable uh, and then share some of the savings with their employer. So that's kind of like a program that we are facilitating uh, around hotels. Um, and it all starts with choice. So we bring endless choice to our platform. We are connected to a lot of you know, vendors. Pretty much, uh, I feel pretty confident to say that if, if uh, you're looking for a certain hotel and you could not find it in our platform, it's because it's either not, doesn't exist or uh, it's just not available. We are, we are connected to, to really like pretty much everything. Um, so it starts with choice. There's always sales and promotions and um, special inventories, closed user groups. And now we, we show you everything. We're telling you, hey, you can choose. You have a choice. If you choose this one, you're going to let go of your club. If you're going to choose this one, you're going to get your club, but you will, it's non-refundable. And, and we have pretty much everything. We show it in a really concise way. By the way, it's a huge technical challenge. Unbelievable, because there's no unique identifier for hotels and there is no unique identifier for rooms. It's, it's oh, really complicated. It's really, yeah. really complicated. Uh, and we are working with six, seven different vendors and we keep adding. It's, it's so crazy. It sounds cannot, fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I have four, um, four uh, huge machines in, in, uh, in Amazon uh, that... That's what they're doing. They're busy just deduping stuff, deduping stuff, deduping stuff. It's crazy. Wow. And I cannot say that we are 100% accurate. It's, we, we, are, we are good enough, but it's a, it's a big challenge. But anyways, we show everything to the user and we let them choose. And the users love the platform. The, the, you know, the employers love the platform. Uh, all of them report a significant reduction uh, on the hotel spent without compromising on the user engagement, right? The users are happy. It's their choice and they're, they're sharing part of this uh, savings. So that's kind that's of like, like this a, new wave of companies. You give people options, you give them the power, you give them control to make their decisions, let them gamify their own reality. Yeah. And then you get engagement. Exactly. Exactly. Our numbers are, are, um, are, Really, really good. So what we see in, in a, when we deploy, a, when sorry, when trip actions is deployed in organizations, we see more than ninety percent adoption within the organization, which is uh, compared to 
less than 50% with any other competitor in the market. So, and, and if you think about it, like a, a key ingredient in, uh, in building a successful travel management program is usage. If, if uh, in the end employees don't use the platform, all of the benefits that you try to, to accomplish or to gain by deploying the system, you kind of miss. You, you're going to get 50% of that. And what, uh, what companies are trying to achieve with those systems, they're trying to get some visibility and some control and reporting. And, uh, you know, as an employer, you have the duty to know where your travelers are at. It's called duty of care. And you need to know where they are at. You need to be able to contact them. So you need to have a system to... to so that's why there is, there is companies like TripActions, travel management companies, that manage your travel program. But then again, you need the usage. And so we get more than 90% adoption. Um, we have, a, you know, our support organization is really, really, really efficient and gets efficient by the week. Uh, we, a lot of the technologies that we built for the traveler, we then give them also to the, the agents. And then the agents enjoy the best technologies out there to, to power the service that they provide to the user. And in fact, a lot of people tell us that when they talk to our agents, it's, which is a complete stranger, they feel like they're talking to someone that was taking care of their, their travel for a decade. They really know, it feels like they know what, what they want because we use a machine learning for that. And it's the same model that serves the user, serves the that. agent on behalf of the user. So it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's really nice. It's, it's just really, really nice. Well, I expect yeah. that level of quality from someone who is like tinkering with it, you know, just for fun. Because yes. that means you actually really care and you're all about like just doing cool stuff that's very valuable. Now yes. I want to talk a little bit about money, right? So yeah. uh, I'm a startup, we're growing and we just, we raised our first uh, round about oh. October of last year. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And we're just getting into our second one right now. Nice. And yeah, but you guys are like way far ahead right now. You just did 250 million at 4 billion, right? If I'm curious. Yes. But I want it to, that's exciting and everything, but I want you to come back to me. I want you to give me some love and some advice here. So I'm like just crossed over year two, under just under a million dollars in annual revenue. We're raising our, our next round. It's tough, you know, we're at that like cash flow management point. It's not easy and relaxed. Yeah. It's like we're doing everything we can to make it work. We have sales, we have happy customers, we have results. It's like the perfect storm and we're just just making it happen to own as much of the company as we can as possible, right? So like, were you at that stage? Can you take me back to like early trip actions? Yeah. Um Short answer is no, but but okay, let me explain good. the reality. Let, let me explain the reality in transactions. Um, so we had this idea, right? And then we pitched it because we were second time entrepreneurs. It was it took us, you know, no time to to raise money. We raised four and a half million, which is a big seed round. And um, okay, and now we're sitting in an office, me and my co-founder. Okay, now what? So I said, <laughs> let's go and get some uh, post-it notes and whiteboard, and let's start. So that's how it started. A year later, we had, a, so actually six months later, we had like a pre-alpha, three months later, um, an alpha th and then a beta. And I would say a year, a year to a year and a half later, we had a solid, solid GA. A V1, MVP. It didn't have sitmap. It didn't have a lot of things, uh, but it was a solid. For what it did, it did really well. It worked. Uh, you could book your flight, your, your hotel, your car, 
and life was good. You had an itinerary, push notifications, delays, and all of that. What we so the four and a half million, you know, was way more than what we needed for to get there, right? Way, way more because we were. I built the first backend, then I hired the front end, then we were four of us building the whole product. It was it was good enough. Um, what we've seen is that uh, when we launched GA, we actually realized it was funny. I remember this moment with my co-founder. We haven't lost any customers since the pre-alpha days, and you can just imagine how shitty the product was in the in the, <laughs> yeah. the you know in the pre-alpha days it was really lacking it was really bare bones it was a uh, buggy uh, but no one left us and you know a month two months three months into ga we see uh, you know 25 20 to 25 percent growth we're saying okay you know it's it's small numbers the reality is that until today it still is 20 to 25 percent growth month over month and today it's in the millions of millions. It's, it's no joke anymore. It's, I'm talking about hundreds of new customers every month. Customer is a company. Hundreds of them every month. So the story in Trip Actions is about a, an amazing product market fit very early on. And now it's all about scale. So, okay, it's actually two things. It's the product market fit and it's the market. And the market is uh, very unique. It's huge possibly one of the biggest markets uh, ever. Uh, and the way we measure the size of the market or the way this, this market is being measured is by how much money companies or corporates spend on travel annually. That's, the, that's how we measure the size of the market. And just in the US, it's very surprising, but companies spend more than $500 million a year on, on travel, just US-based companies. And then worldwide, it gets to 1.5 trillion, which is mind-blowing. You mean 500 billion in, in the United States? Sorry, right? 500 billion. Yes, yeah. 500 billion. I said million, yeah. No, no, 500 billion. So, so now, you know, um, we grew really fast. And uh, just like two months ago, when we announced the round, we also noticed that we crossed the 1.1 billion in travel budget that we manage. So Got if it. you take all of our customers and you, and you summarize the, the, the travel budget, how much they spend on travel annually, you'll get to 1.1 billion, uh, which is a huge number, but it's tiny compared to the market. Even if we just stay in the US, there is still uh, you know, 500 billion. So if you're an investor and you, you're dealing with a company that grows so fast, it has clearly a product market fit, amazing product market fit, and there is, it's virtually infinite market, you either want to jump on this wagon or you don't. And, and those investors definitely want to be part of it. And, you know, that also explains why, you know, our pre, we had a round in, uh, just in November of last year and we raised 150 or 160 for $1 billion valuation. And seven months later, we, we quadrupled the value and we raised even more money. It's all about it's because they all talk to each other and they're all upset. So you built this like this market <laughs> from that smaller round and everyone's like, I missed out. I missed out. Open up another one. But I'll tell you, it was the same investors from the, between the C and the D, same investors. Oh, really? They just wanted more. Yeah. They wanted like, more. Okay. Exactly. They're like, okay, you want some more? We'll give you a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, why not? No, but, but I think, you know, it's a different, uh, you know, it, it, each, uh, each company, each market has its, its uh, story. And our story is about, uh, it's less about, hey, 
have we found the right pain to solve or you know do we know how to sell it well, who is really the buyer how do we pitch it it's less about that this we got lucky with all of that and we we figured it out very early um, it was just an amazing product market fit we are now dealing with how can we make sure that we are staying sustaining this growth and what that's why we're doing this day for example the reconnect is because the one biggest fear that we have is around culture um, 700 or let's say 600 out of the 800 employees are new they don't know cheap actions they don't know how we do business here they don't know how we think they don't know how we prioritize they don't know what the trade-offs are they don't know what the the flexibility that they have is when they make decisions um, and it's really important for us that that, uh, that they keep embracing those values that uh, got us to where we are i'll give you an example as, as a support engineer a support um, agent in cheap actions you have a lot of flexibility. You know that uh, the number one value in transactions is uh, it's all about the user, all of our users. And so you could find that in Twitter because uh, that's how I, I learned that from Twitter and Facebook. It showed up in my feed. One of the travelers um, tweeted this uh, amazing story about the interaction with our support agent. There was a whole um, issue around the hotel. It was canceled, not canceled. I don't know, it had to be moved. So obviously the support agent did what they, what it was a she, she did what she could do to help. And then in the end, she asked, hey, um, is there anything else that I can do for you? And the guy said, you know, I would just die for like a plate of bacon. And, uh, and, and, and sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, um, he got to the room and there was a plate of bacon with a nice note from the support agent. And this is the, the flexibility. There was no approval needed. There was no, it was just a um, um, decision of the moment and that was done by a support agent. Um, not even a, that, uh, you know, it was probably three months in the company and he just uh, embraced this value. And obviously we, we highlighted that in, the, in our weekly company meeting and, and we embraced that. So that's what we feel. We feel of losing that. We feel of losing this connection with the users, the creative thinking, the... That's what, what I meant when I said the flexibility that you have, the, the priorities, the trade-offs. Um, they feel like owners, right? They feel like they're, they're part of the yeah. company. They can do this exactly. stuff. Exactly. Now, you yeah. said you're, you're originally from Israel. And yes. uh, my dad was in the Air Force here in the United States. But you also, you shared with me on our last call something really interesting, a small story about the Air Force in Israel and how you've adopted some of the oh, yeah. into your company. Yeah, that, that's actually something really, really exciting that turned out to, to work really well for us. Uh, but again, as part of the ongoing challenge on how do we retain the culture and, and the, how do we create a company that it's fun to work, to work for um, and that the employees spend most of their time, or if not all of their time, on solving problems, on taking the company forward, rather than uh, on trying to understand what other people think about them and what they should say now because he said this and she said that, and, and you know what I mean. And I've seen how companies get destroyed, completely destroyed by, uh, by this uh, really, you know, sick uh, culture. Um, the, the productivity goes down significantly and there is no creativity and, 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 and we both, my co-founder co and I, by the way, I'm 45 years old. My co-founder is a 43 years old. So we've seen a lot and we really wanted to avoid it. So as part of that, we started to work with this company. It's called Shamaim. 
and um, it was founded by a, an ex-pilot from the Israeli Air Force. And basically what this pilot learned from the Air Force is, is that there is a way to accelerate, accelerate uh, excellence through um, a, a culture of debriefs and on, you know, ongoing learnings. And so he, the example that, that or the story that, that he tells us, by the way, they are all here as well as part of this, uh, all of the, the entire Shamaim team is here. It's like 12 people as part of this uh, offsite. And so he basically said, you know, I just uh, graduated from the Air Force and I became a pilot and obviously very junior, went on my first flight. When I come back, there is like 40 pilots after their, their flight in the room, various levels, and all of them stand in front of everybody and they're saying, what happened? In, it's a debrief. What happened? Why did it happen? And how will I improve? It's a, very, it's a personal thing. How am I going to make it better? And the numbers on the aggregate are, are kind of amazing. The statistics is that it takes 450 flight hours to become a pilot that could serve in, the, in any army, in any Air Force. In the Israeli army, it's 250 hours. And, the, and, and, you know, with the assumption that, that Israeli pilots are, are as good as, let's say, as good as other pilots, how is that? And it all goes back to the debris that really, you know, and, and, you know, just imagine this scenario where you have 40 pilots in one room, the amount of, it's probably the most amount of ego that could be, could be in one room, right? That probably cannot go worse, worse than that. And yet you see even the highest ranked uh, pilot there standing, talking about their mistake and how they will improve. It's a really powerful thing. And so this guy uh, saw the potential of bringing this uh, culture into organizations and help corporates uh, get better faster by, by embracing it. And so we fully uh, adopted this uh, process and this methodology. And the result is that, you know, Every meeting that I have, my staff meeting, my, you know, um, skip level staff meetings, company level meetings, uh, the all hands starts with a debrief that someone does in front of the entire company. And it is very personal. It's really important. It's how will I improve? And, uh, you know, I did one. We had, a, we had an outage. Um, obviously, I didn't do the outage, uh, but I had a lot of learnings. How will I improve for the next time? and uh, explain it to the entire company. It's five minutes and it's really powerful. In the end, something happens, good or bad, by the way, you, an event happened, you spend five minutes on the spot and you do this debrief and you move on and then you can share it with, with your team, you can share it with the entire company. It's really powerful. And how do you pronounce his first name? You introduced us, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Ophir. Okay. Yeah, he's actually walking. I saw him walking around here. Um, yeah, so Ophir is the, the co-founder, the founder and the CEO. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a pilot. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a pilot. And it's funny, his, uh, his entire company is, uh, is a collection of pilots from, from the Israeli really? Air Force. Yeah, all of them. So uh, yeah, thank you for the introduction. Chloe actually set yeah. up a, a meeting. We're interested because we do the leadership development actions, right? Uh, with Leaderbits. And so I'm interested. I want him to come tell me how he's achieving success with that debrief. And then I want to make some Leaderbits because all we do is we go find like the best advice in the world and then turn it into actions and then deploy them. 
So I'm going to get him on. I'm going to have him share with me. I'm going to share with him what we've learned. I'm going to see if there's opportunity for me and Ophir to work together. And uh, because we're just 100% focused, just like you are on your customers and making it easy. We're just focused on like, how do we create better leaders faster? And then we'll just figure out the sales thing. But if you can actually make someone better, like you experience, you get to experience the benefits of that debrief. So you know it works. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's really powerful when you see a, a leader standing and talking about their mistake and how they're going to improve. It's, it's just a powerful event and uh, it inspires uh, and it sends a very clear message. We embrace mistakes. Uh, actually, we embrace learnings. It's, if it's uh, from a mistake, it's fine. I mean, I think mistakes are a great opportunity to learn. Uh, we do not embrace having the same mistake twice, but right, we totally that's, not we, that's not good. That, that basically says there was no learning and then there's, that's a problem. But we totally embrace the act of learning and we, that's why we do it and that's why it's so bold. That's why it's every meeting, uh, every, you know, we have this uh, all hands once a week. And we dedicate the five to 10 minutes on a, on a debrief. It could be an executive debrief. It could be a support person that does a debrief and everything in between. It's, it's just a really powerful, uh, powerful event. It's inspiring and it sends a very clear message to the organization. Yeah, the it shows that the behavior of this leadership team is we don't hide stuff. We don't sweep stuff under the rug. We acknowledge it. We grab it. We make it transparent. We figure yeah. out together and we move on. It gives that whole culture of ownership throughout the entire organization. Yeah, that, that was a beautiful sentence, I have to say. <laughs> I really like the, really that you summarized it uh, really, really well. That's exactly what it is. Well, we do our Friday stand-ups here and we have people say, they have to say how they grew personally because in order to work here, you have to be growing yourself as an individual. It's just a thing that we decided from day one. Yeah. How you grew personally, how you grew professionally, and then you report on your metrics. So we're still small. We're like eight, 10 people. So it takes 30 minutes for all of us to go up for two minutes and say it, but I like this debrief thing and I'm going to have us do like a, uh, I'm going to actually have us do it. And so we can experience what the debrief's like. That, that's exciting. I'll, uh, I'll grab a fear right after this uh, recording and I'll uh, talk to him about it. He's, sure. he's really exciting. I, I think he's, he will be really excited to work with you. I, I think it's a, from the first time that you and I spoke, I, I felt that there is a really good, um, a meet like a match here between a, yeah because we're all direct we're just like how yeah. do we achieve the result the fastest and let's all just get on board with that yeah i like it so what are you the most we're gonna start to wrap up here but i'm okay. curious now like what are you most excited about right now it could be the event or the growth whatever it's on your mind um well, this event is, is hard to ignore. So like you just walk around and there is energy everywhere. Everyone is so excited. Everyone is smiling. There is like, you know, there's like so many people around me here. Like the, it's, 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 it's really powerful. Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, the, the growth has been like that for three years. So it still is very exciting. I guess the one thing that I'm really, really excited about with this opportunity at Trip Actions with everything that is happening is the fact that we are now uh, at the point where we literally can do anything and everything or what it takes to complete our mission. Um, and it can be any complex, uh, you know, technology solution that was never developed before. Um, anything that can help um, support any of our values, you know, it's all about the users. So if there is anything that we can do to, to improve the user experience, um, 
you know, one thing that, that I noticed as a traveler, I booked this room. I remember it, it was with my co-founder and we went to, I think it was Pittsburgh. We opened the door of the, of the, the, the hotel, of the room. We got into the room and there was this dirty underwear on the bed. <laughs> so, oh, no. so I, I just, you know, I just, I wished I could talk to someone and I, obviously I had to go down and talk to someone from the lobby and they ended up taking the underwear, but you know, um, so just because of this memory that I have, uh, I want to to develop this uh, technology or, or whatever that the second you enter the room, literally, you open the door, you go into the room, a support agent shows up and asks you, how's the room? Like Ooh. thumbs up, thumbs down. And non-intrusive, you know, you can ignore it, dismiss it if you want. But the notion that someone is taking care of you in the right time, in the right moment, with the right, you know, kind of like intervention. It's not, hey, uh, how is your day, mister, blah, blah, blah. Okay, leave me alone. It's like, uh, you know, do you like the room kind of thing? Is it good? And, and then obviously, if you're saying thumbs down, we show up and we solve it for you. So, you know, we're working on detecting Wi-Fi networks and, and the name of the network and kind of like aggregating a lot of knowledge that we have to really differentiate between the guest network and the, the network for the, you know, for the actual... Um, um, people that stay in the hotel, etc. But you know things like that. Uh, so the notion that anything is possible to provide the absolute best travel solution in the world is very exciting. It's really I, exciting. Well, if you you have an app, and so you'll know when I'm walking into the room. That's like perfect timing, right? Yeah. You just be able to detect. Okay, exactly. I'm, I'm on location. How is it? Oh, you're like yes. right there with me. I didn't even have to go hunt you down. Yeah, I love it. Look, location by itself is not accurate enough because uh, if there's like 30 floors, how would we know? Uh, but yeah. that combined with Wi-Fi and the strength of the Wi-Fi and the names and past, uh, you know, previous knowledge that we have from other travelers. Yes, you kind of figured it out. That's how we, we are going to do it. Yeah, average time to get to room exactly. from arrival. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Per hotel. Yeah, yeah. come on. Come into here, bro. Come it's on. good, I know. I <laughs> My mind can't help. I'm just, I'm, just you talking about it <laughs> you subconsciously start. just starts like, this is how I build this. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, should help it. we should brainstorm more often. I love talking to like, people that, are, that like, like to think about those kind of problems with no limits. Yeah, you no have way. to. That that's the beauty. It's like I can just open up my brain and let and I'm and I've I've detached so far from ego. I just let the ideas flow through and when I pick up on a stream that's like good, I'm yeah. vibing with it. It's like, "All right, let's we're all just kind of talking it out." Yeah. Perfect. Do you have anything else you want to get out in the world if people want to learn more about trip actions if they're interested in a job, where should they go? Well, our website is really, really informative. There is really everything you need to know is in, in, uh, on our website. Um, people can contact me directly on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Elon. There is, I think, only one Elon in Trip Actions. There's definitely only one CTO, so uh, you can find me there. Um, yeah, very exciting. All those that are looking for, uh, you know, good solutions for travel and they want to keep their employees happy and engaged. You know, you don't need to fight with them anymore on policies and nickel and dime them and all of that. It's, there is a way to do it. There is a way to keep them happy. There is a way to manage it. Um, yeah, so uh, look, look, us, uh, look us up. I love it. I'll put everything in the show notes so people can just get the links real quick. And that's it, Elon. We did it. We made a podcast episode. This is <laughs> Thanks fantastic. Thanks so much. It was excellent. All right, enjoy the event, my friend. Thank you. Talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.